0: Uh, My name is Eric. If we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the privilege of starting off a new series that's going to be happening over the next four weeks in a series we're calling Show Me. Now, I don't know about you, this has certainly been the case for me, but life in the pandemic has caused me to reflect a lot about life and what life looks like. I was remembering back my childhood, my upbringing. I'm a son of a preacher man, as they like to say. My dad is a pastor. I grew up in the church. And because of that, church became so familiar to me in the way in which I lived life. The actual physical church building was a place that was very familiar to me. I visited often as my dad was working there during the week and also on Sundays, and the church community, the church family, they, they were like an extended family to me that I would see on a regular basis. And so church really sort of ingrained itself in the very fabric of my life and how I understood life to be. But as I got a little bit older in my teenage years, I started to grow a little dissatisfied with what church or what Christianity had been offering me. And when I got later in my teenage years, I, I realized that I was missing something very critical. And so through that sense of dissatisfaction, I invited, just like I uh, urged you to and ju- uh, just recently, I invited Jesus into my heart and into my life to be my Savior and to be my my Lord. And I have to tell you, everything for me changed in that moment. But after that I was under the impression that since I had been such a churched person and since I was so familiar with Christian activity and what it looked like to be a regular participant in the Christian faith, that now that I have this critical piece internally, uh, a relationship with Jesus in my heart, that I was going to be on the fast track to spiritual maturity. (laughs) And the truth is, I was so far From that, and it really got exposed in my junior year of college when I went away. I was a student in Salzburg, Austria, for a whole year, and what had happened in that moment is that I was immediately taken out of the echo chamber that was my Christian life, my Christian friends, my church circles, the worship services. I had built a life of Christian activity, which is what we're supposed to do, right? But it had been my life, and life as I knew it, and so when I was all alone in an unfamiliar place, figuring out life, my faith got exposed for what it really was. And that's what happens. When the outer coverings of certain things fall away, you see some things as they truly are in its, in its purest form, and I did not like what I saw in my faith. So, this series is called Show Me, and it's from the book of James. We're gonna be looking through the book of James, we're gonna be covering. Four major themes that we find in the book of James. And if you follow along or you join us in our praise scriptures, I just encourage you to continue to read through it. It is a fascinating book. And James is the brother of Jesus. He's also, at this point in time, the leader of the Christian church in Jerusalem. And what we find at the very beginning of the book of James is that he is writing to Christian, Jewish Christians, scattered all throughout the Greco-Roman world, the the Roman Empire. Now there's a long, twisted history lesson as to why uh, Jews were scattered all throughout that region and then after Jesus came along, many of those Jews or some of those Jews converted to follow Jesus. Uh, There's a long, twisted history as to why that had happened, why they were spread out, but he's trying to connect with people who are living away from Jerusalem into these outer Regions into all of these these different places. And out of this, he has a very central and umbrella theme that he offers to these believers that are scattered all throughout that area. And it's something that's just a common phrase that we know very well. The, The phrase is this, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. We can do as much talking as we want, But it's how we live our lives. That is the proving ground when it comes to our faith. Why is that important for us? Because here in this day in 2020, we find ourselves completely disrupted from the life that we knew so well. The familiar territory and especially the faith and the church life and the Christian activity that we had busied ourselves with most of us in being good Christian people, good churchgoers, good congregational participants. (laughs) And now all of that has been disrupted. And it grieves my heart in so many different ways. As much as I'm happy to see all of you that have gathered here, I miss those of you that are joining us from home and I don't get to see you in the same way that I did before. And I wonder that as the echo chambers of our faith have been stripped away from us, what stands? What's left? After the outer coverings of our faith have been taken away, what is truly being seen in itself? That's what James speaks into. And James offers some difficult words, some challenging words for us. I'd like to think of James as a pastor. This is going to be a pastoral voice to all of us. And it's gonna be challenging at times. But I don't want us to miss the invitation that we hear out of that from God, which is simply to say, come and walk with me. Come and walk with me. Come and live this life that we have, that I'm offering to you, come come and walk with me. So today's theme that we're going to cover is the subject of, of wisdom, and this is a little challenging for me because I don't have the kind of wisdom that I feel like I should have to preach a sermon, share a message on wisdom, Wisdom, we associate a lot of times with choices, don't we? We're presented with a series of choices. We're trying to figure out what is the the right choice. Or maybe we're confronted with a problem and we have to respond in some way and we're left with the challenge, how are we going to respond in the correct way? That's what wisdom means. It is exercising good judgment when we're confronted with a variety of different choices or conflicts or difficulties. And let me tell you, I needed a lot of wisdom uh, this past week, this past month, really. And many of you families are caught in the same scenario. My wife and I last week had just come to the point where we had figured out our schedules, what we thought was going to be this school year, we had it all planned out. We knew how it was going to work. We felt good about all of our preparations and our plans. We were ahead of the game. And then we get an email on Friday that, no, everything has reversed course. There's going to be fully online learning for the first nine weeks, my son being in third grade. And now we have to scramble and we have to figure it out. And we have to do it quickly because we know that other families are doing the same thing and if we're looking for specific uh, services or, uh, or, or arrangements where our son can learn best, then, you know, that's going to be prime real estate. That's going to be uh, sought after space and so we needed to move quickly. You know, when we f- are faced with scarcity, either a scarcity of options causes us to be desperate or a scarcity of time to really make the right decision, we find ourselves being very reactionary, don't we? We feel like we have to do something, and sometimes it's ready, fire, aim. We don't know what it's supposed to be, we just know that we have to do something, and that compromises, doesn't it? The call to be wise, the call for wisdom. I wish life would give us all the amount of time and all the amount of choices to do what is right and to be wise in every single situation. But that is, you know, they need to come up with a Marvel superhero that just does the right thing or says the right thing in every circumstance. That's the hero I want to be. (laughs) Don't we wish we could do the right thing and say the right things in every single circumstance of life? But we live, especially today, a life that brings about a scarcity, not as much time to respond very few options, fewer options that can inform us properly so that we can make the right decisions. And it leads us to panic and to become desperate and to become reactionary. But it's that sense of scarcity that, that James wants to address because the people in his day, the people he's writing to, they are living lives of scarcity too. And it's directly because of the faith that they have chosen It's directly because they made that that heart change of following the way of Jesus scattered throughout the, the whole land as they were because it was not only just not popular to become a Christian in that day, many people that said, I'm gonna follow Jesus, and then they are baptized as a result of that decision, are, yes, they're, they're welcoming themselves into the family of God and life eternal with, with Jesus Christ, but they're also giving themselves an earthly death sentence, many of them. The stakes were high in that area, that region of the world, And James is speaking to these people and and offering to them a different perspective in light of their persecutions. And Pastor Steve talked last week about persecutions for the faith. He offers a different perspective when we face these types of things, when life gives us a sense of scarcity or hardship or trials, that we need to be looking at things in a different light, In other words, he's asking us this question, what if life wasn't scarce or giving us scarcity? What if life was actually full? How would we respond to the trials and the difficulties of life if we came into that situation knowing that we are living the full life as opposed to reacting from the scarcities that life on this earth is handing to us? That's what they were afraid of in that that area of the world, in that time and place. They were wondering if their lives would be taken from them. In fact, James, the, the, the brother of Jesus, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, he lost his life. He was martyred in the late 60s in the first century. So he knew full well what that was eventually going to be like. But he offers a different perspective. Here's what he says in James 1, 2 through 4. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whatever you, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Hear the full life in that? Not lacking anything. In Jesus, we have all that we need. A life surrendered to Jesus Christ is a life that is full that whatever they might face, whatever we, persecutions or hardships or trials that we might encounter, no matter what our, this pandemic looks like or eventually looks like or whatever it is, it can't steal our joy because we enter into this life, into this situation, living this world already full as opposed to scarce. We have the full life in Jesus. And, and, and James moves on to the subject of wisdom to speak to us as our pastor to say that when it comes to these decisions that we have to make, when it comes to responding to the hardships, let's choose wisdom, which is living out of a full life as opposed to a scarce life. That is what wisdom really looks like. And that's the kind of wisdom that's so much more than just about talking. It's also about walking. So in that day, in Greek culture, there was a movement of people, and this really comes from Some things that you probably read in your history books, like we know the names Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, they were philosophers, right? And came from Greek culture. They influenced that that part of the world very heavily. And so there was a a movement, kind of a sect of all of those philosophers that called themselves sophists. Uh, Sophists coming from the word sophia in Greek, which means wisdom. And so they would go into the public spaces in every city, every town, and they would just begin talking, and they would spout off their their wisdom, and they had a specific goal because if someone got good enough at being wise and clever and well-articulate in gaining a following around them, business leaders in the community would take notice, and they would begin to patronize, they'd be, uh, begin to fund the efforts of, it became a career. It's like your ancient form of the social media influencers that we have today. They would get on the airwaves and they would spout the wisdom that they thought that they'd have in the hopes that they'd gain enough of a following that businesses would take notice and latch themselves on and they would have a career in this. Well, as you can imagine, it got quite competitive, and so in these public spaces, you have a lot of wise guys coming in there and spouting off their wisdom, trying to gain influence, trying to gain the, the sway of the, of the people around them, all because they wanted to earn a living in this way. And James says, I see all of this talking when it comes to wisdom. I see all of these self-help gurus coming into the public spaces and saying what real life is like. Let me tell you that real life is so much more than the talk. Wisdom is also the walk. Here's what he says in James chapter 3, verse 13. He says, Who is wise in understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So if talk is cheap, what he's saying is, wisdom, it walks. It shows itself. It's a lived experience. It's tangible. It's real. And the proving ground for the wisdom that we have manifests itself in real, live action. I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. Wisdom from God is the kind of wisdom that walks. It shows itself. It unveils itself intangible and real life ways especially especially in the face of hardships and decisions so what i'd like to do the rest of this time is to share with you three ways or in three in three ways i think wisdom really reveals itself and shows itself and all coming from here in the book of james the first is that wisdom shows itself in character in character James says here in uh, chapter one, verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Hear that? Generous. God is generous with offering wisdom. So just ask for it. Here's what I do when I'm faced with a lot of troubles and and difficulties or, or choices that I have to make. I don't pray for wisdom, I pray that God would either would do one of two things: change my problem, or give me a burning bush, parting of the clouds, lightning bolt, voice from the sky, to make it clear, so I don't have to sit there and second guess and figure it all out myself. And here he's saying, "Ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom." And the truth is that as I experience life and I see the lives of other people, that sometimes God does change the atmosphere. Sometimes God does make it clear in tangible ways whether through a voice or through a dream. God does that sometimes. But I also know that the people who have had their circumstances changed, it doesn't necessarily affect their character. It doesn't necessarily change them from the inside out. God says ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. God is a generous guy. He wants to give wisdom to you. Some of you guys know really generous people. I have to say, there is a freedom and a comfort that comes with people that are just so generous. My, My Grammy was that way, my Grammy. And there was, we would ask her for, and it didn't matter what we asked for, she would give it to us. And this caused a lot of problems when we were young, between her and my mom. This is my dad's mom, so my mom's mother-in-law. And we would be in the company with both of them, so my dad would be at work. My Grammy would be there, my mom would be there. Who do we go to when we want something? We go to Grammy, and we say, Grammy, can can we have some chocolate chip cookies? She was famous for these chocolate chip cookies. Can we have chocolate chip cookies? My mom was so mad because it was nine in the morning. And you know what she did, Grammy? After looking at my mom's face, oh, you know, this might be a little too early for cookies, but here I have some candy. (laughs) My my mom never stops telling that story, how difficult that that, that time was between her and and my grandmother. But she was so generous. She'd give you anything, and that's, God's generosity to us. Ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. He will give it to you. Wisdom shows itself in the character that we hold within. And then out of that, God shows wisdom in our lives, in our relationships. In our relationships. There is wisdom that manifests itself in our relationships. And I talked to you about the sophists and how they were all about the words and not about the action. And how really what came from all of the words and the speeches was a selfish ambition. They wanted to make a career for themselves and they were willing to continue to beat down the opponent in order to have a leg up on the competition. So in chapter three, uh, verses 14 to 18, this is what he says. He says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from, down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. I told you it's tough. From where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. Then, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And all of this then puts our relationship squarely in the crosshairs And the fruit of how we have been engaging other people in relationships shows itself in those ways, but also in other things, other things can show themselves as well. Selfish ambition, envy, evil intent. We can find this because of the fruit. I mentioned that During this time, after really surrendering my heart to the Lord, I was surprised at how immature in my faith I still was was living. There was a time, and my biggest thing was, I was extremely judgmental, extremely judgmental. And I remember my mom one time, she was talking about a friend of hers and how meaningful that friendship was. And I cut in rudely, and I began, because I knew that this friend had a less than perfect life. And I came in and I cited those things. I I mentioned those things of some of the struggles that this friend had. It was so rude. And my mom just kind of stormed off quietly and my dad was there. He looked at me and I said, I probably shouldn't have said anything. He's like, you got that right. (laughs) Wisdom, or the lack thereof, will show itself in our relationships. Consider the fruit that James is offering here of a wise approach to our relationships, because wisdom will show itself also in those things. Finally, the last thing is not only our character, our relationships, but wisdom shows itself also in our example. And in church, we call that our witness, how we are seen by the outside world. And this is a tremendously huge question for those of us living life in the pandemic when the pressure is on, when it seems like different sides and worlds are colliding and we feel as though we need to react and to respond immediately. How are we known by our neighbors How are we known by those connected to us on social media? How are we known by those around us? James continues on in chapter four where he's addressing fruitless and constant arguments back and forth, back and forth. And he said, you're doing this because you're living out of a sense of scarcity. You keep feeling the need to fight with other people because you feel like you don't have something and you need to keep fighting to have it. He said, stop that. And he says this in chapter four, verse eight. He says, come near to God and he will draw near to you. Come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. These words that caused me to circle back to my earlier question the earlier point about the invitation of God, come and walk with me. Come and walk with me. Not that we would live life and say, God, come and walk with me. No. God says, come and walk with me to follow his ways, to live into his wisdom that is the full life expressing itself in fruitfulness of peace and love within ourselves, in our character, in our relationships, and for the world around us. Come and walk with me. What would be your first step in this invitation? If God were to say to you, come and, and walk with me, what, is your, what does your first step look like? What does your first step look like? That's your challenge this week to be able to, in wisdom, discern what is that first step that God is inviting you to, to walk with him. And then Pastor Steve's gonna come back next week. He's gonna give you a whole lot of other problems. (laughs) From the voice of James, our pastor, tough words, but from the invitation of God, come and walk with me. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your grand invitation to walk with you. Yes, to enjoy the the full life that goes on for eternity in your presence. But a life that is full of wisdom, revealing itself, even when circumstances are difficult. Bless us as your people. Help us to be wise. Help us to pursue wisdom and ask for it as you have called us to. And Lord, let our hearts be open to not only receive your wisdom, but to live into it each day and with each new problem we face. Thank you for this time. Thank you for our friends, community of faith, body of believers, everywhere that we can enjoy your presence together. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here this morning. It is wonderful to connect with you, even if it's online. We just encourage you and inspire you to continue to live out your faith as we engage the book of James and uh, learn more through this series called Show Me. Most of you remember that there's questions that pop up on the screen after this announcement piece. Just encourage you, if you're by yourself, take out a journal, write down some of your thoughts or with your, if you're with your loved ones, discuss these topics together so that we can continue to grow in our faith and remain connected as the body of Christ. And speaking of connection, our website, whfriends.org is a great way to stay connected with what's going on in the life of our church. Our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, also has devotions and updates from pastors. We encourage you to stay plugged in so we can stay connected as a family of faith. Also, if you are continuing to give online or otherwise, we just want to say thank you to you. And if you're wondering how to give, there are instructions on our website. Bless you, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.